Welcome to Multifamily Live. I'm Kaylee Arusi. And I'm Jason Arusi. Our mission is to help you unlock your full potential as a multifamily real estate investor. So you can do more deals, bigger deals, with less stress, keep more profit, and free up your time. Multifamily doesn't have to be a mystery. It's time to go live. All right, so welcome back to the Jason and Peely Project. Super excited for today's show. We were actually just talking a little clubhouse off the air, so I'm sure we'll wrap that in here. But we have Steve Ulster on the show. Hey, Steve, how you doing? Good, man. You? Doing great. Doing great. A little about Steve. He is known as the world's foremost reinvention expert, famous for helping individuals and corporations become exceptionally clear on their what. That is the one thing they were created to do. His practical no-holds-bars approach to life and business propels his clients toward achieving massive profitability while also cultivating a life purpose, conviction, and contribution. So Steve, how, how did you find out that you were good at that to find out what was lacking in most others? And you think of it, like everybody has these goals, these dreams, and typically they, they can't find a way to even get started. And it usually comes back to it is that they're not specific enough about what they want and why they want it. So where did you yeah. find that to say, well, I got it, I can help you. Yeah. I mean, same question I've been asking myself, right. For the majority of my adult life anyway, just why am I here? What am I good at? How do I get paid exceptionally well for something that comes as naturally to me as breathing? Uh, and, and how do I do something that doesn't fall outside of, uh, what one might call a, a comfort zone, you know, and I know people are always talking about expanding your limitations and this, that, and the other, and, and I get that. And you want to stretch yourself for sure. But at the same token, you spend enough years trying to, I guess, let me just say, trying to jam a, a square peg into a round hole, right? I mean, you just you just continually end up in, in pain. So it's um, it's really just, um, it, it's been a matter of trial and error for me over the years in terms of different careers, different iterations of who I am. And the more I kept trying to figure things out with like the Myers-Briggs and the What Color Is Your Parachutes and the Strengths Finders of the Worlds, uh, the, the more I really just had questions and answers and, um, and, just kind of fell into this whole process uh, of figuring out the three key pieces of the, of the, let's just call it the personal development puzzle. Uh, and if you just have those three pieces in place, uh, it really can make all of the difference. But I figured it out literally by trial and error. What's the three pieces? So we're, we're talking specifically about the what is your what framework, right? And so what is your what is the book I put on the New York Times list in 2013. Uh, and I've done a lot of things over the years as a 30-year entrepreneur. I mean, we launched uh, one of the first 500 e-commerce stores in 95. I launched my own nightclub when I was 19, mm. built and sold liquor.com, developed over $50 million in real estate uh, over the over the years. And I mean, I've, I've literally done it all. And so as I started having success in the business world, uh, people started asking me a lot of questions. Uh, how do you do this? Can you help me? This, that, the other. Um, and more and more of the conversations just kept going back to, well, what do I do, right? Like, it's great to have the tactics and the understanding of, of maybe internet marketing or raising capital or I don't know, whatever it might be, but you still need the, the you know, what's it going to be? So, so as I began working with more people around this process and teaching something uh, that for years I taught called the reinvention workshop, which is really helping people mostly in their 30s, 40s, 50s but primarily 40s, 50s, 60s, even just kind of reinvent their life and try to figure out what's next. Um, it, it fell into my lap, really, that the, the those three core pieces 
are comprised of your core gift, which is the the one thing that you're really exceptionally good at. I mean, it's it's in your DNA. It's not something that you choose. It's really something that has chosen you. And that could be like, um, like, well, we were talking beforehand about how you raise capital and you bring groups together and, and you, you create a vision and you sell people into that vision, or as we call it, you enroll people into that vision, right? So your core gift could very well be enrolling, right? Other, other people may have teaching or communicating or entertaining or healing or just there's, there's a number of different gifts that we've identified. Uh, but as an example, yours could be enrolling. So having that, uh, that understanding around the core gift is step one. Step two, or the second piece, the what is your what framework, is then understanding the primary vehicle that you'll use to share that gift, right? So in your case, it's real estate. And so you're enrolling people into the vision of investing in real estate and that they get X number of return, you know, X dollars, X percentages of return, et cetera. And, but real estate is that vehicle. And then the third piece of the puzzle is really understanding who the people are that you're most compelled to serve. And so it's a combination of the gift, the vehicle, and the people that make up the what is your what framework. And that's that's what I laid out uh, in my book. And that's what I've taught to tens of thousands of people over the years. Um, and it's really helped me always circle back to just, in, even in my own career now as the founder and editor-in-chief of Podcast Magazine and all the things that we're doing here, um, it's really just, it's given me the opportunity to to circle back to, hey, am I, am I doing what comes as naturally to me as breathing? Am I, am I serving the right people? And, and how am I serving them in the most effective manner possible? You know, and, and for most people, the tens of thousands of people that you've spoke to, is it generally that you find that they've never been in a position to think this way that's held them back? Or they just haven't wanted to do the work up until now. And they've said enough's enough. Now is the time I have to do it because I'm 40, I'm 50, I'm 60. And I, I don't want to leave this earth and not, and look back and regret. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anybody intentionally sets out to not do something that really puts fire in their soul and, and gives them a reason to jump out of bed every day. What ends up happening is typically we, we create our own very slippery slope from the standpoint of we want to have certain freedoms. So as young adults, we want to have certain freedoms. So we go out into the world to have those freedoms. And then we quickly recognize that to have those freedoms, we need to have a certain amount of money coming in. And then we start doing whatever we can or need to do in order to make those ends meet. And so before we know it, we've got a, a car, we've got a house, we've got food, we've potentially have a family and all of these obligations. And, you know, you got to bring in the money to support all that. It's not an inexpensive proposition. And look, re reality is most people don't talk about understanding what puts fire in their soul, right? I mean, we, we don't really talk about how do you create a career that leverages what you're good at, what you love doing and what you can make a, a lot of money doing, right? These just aren't conversations we, we have in school. They're not conversations we have around the dinner table. And so you, you end up 20, 30, 40 years later going, Jesus, how the hell did I get here? And it wasn't through any fault of your own, but it's just one step after the other leads you to, to 20 or 30 or 40 years down the path where you wake up and you go, is this all there is? Or, and can I do something else? 
that you look at and you say, what just happened? And I think we get stuck in such a familiar zone so many times in life that it's hard for us to, to break the habits, even if it's habits that we don't like, because the uncertainty of the unknown, even if it could be a hundred times better, is, is too scary. And so we'll, we'll, we'll choose to stay comfortable in something that we maybe even hate, which is, it's hard, hard to, hard, hard to pinpoint, but we're so unhappy and, but we could go out there and do something that potentially we'd love, but because no one around us has done it or no one, we can't picture in our mind, we'll stay in the safe place that puts us completely in a place that we don't like. It's, it's like this constant circle that I find people on. And, and when they are finally ready to break three, they're like, well, that wasn't hard at all, but it was that first step, right? And you, you, you helping them answer that first question that gets them going. And so I want to, I want to bookmark that for now, because I I have to, in, in time we have asked you about podcasting and now clubhouse. And what have you found the allure in, in Clubhouse and, and how is that going to either aid or, or compete against podcasts in your vision? Yeah. So, so I've been podcasting since 2009. So I've been in the space for a number of years and uh, we've done live events where we match aspiring podcast guests with podcast hosts who are looking for guests, um, launched podcast magazine in, in 2020 Uh, I've been in uh, online for a long time, but I've been involved with podcasting for a long time as well. And um, I will say that the reality of of the of Clubhouse and and the reality of the future of audio, uh, in terms of how the two intersect and where they overlap, uh, and where there's redundancy uh, around what's going on with with the with just call it the the medium of of clubhouse versus podcasting as a whole. Um, It's a very interesting proposition. It's a very interesting conversation because the reality is that um, I've seen a lot of things come and go over the years. I haven't seen anything quite as sticky uh, in terms of engagement and the number of hours spent on the app uh, as I have with, with clubhouse in, in a long time. And so is that just because it's the perfect storm of where we are with COVID and people being homebound and people having more time in front of a device as opposed to being out and about in the world, going to see movies or concerts or, you know, doing whatever they would normally do in life and in sort of quote unquote normal life. Uh, or, is in, or is this in fact the reflection of, uh, of an inflection point where we're making that shift back towards raw and real and authentic, unpolished, unproduced conversations uh, and and we crave community and we crave deeper relationships rather than the one-way channel that podcasting largely provides, right? So I mean, there's a lot of interesting questions. Uh, and frankly, it's it's already a billion-dollar bet that the, the, that the shift is on, right? I mean, Anderson uh, Horowitz just threw another $100 million at Clubhouse, which put him at a, at a $1 billion valuation. So we, we can safely say it's a billion-dollar bet on the platform already. And the question is, why is it growing in the way that it's growing and, and how, um, how scared should podcasters be, right? And, and I would just simply say that I think there is room for both. I, I think that anyone who is having the conversation around does one preclude the existence of the other um, is being very short-sighted because the, the reality is that one I believe very much complements the other. There is certainly the FOMO nature 
uh, of Clubhouse, where conversations are taking place and real relationships are being built and you have access to interesting and influential people from across the globe um, and you're having real conversations. And, and though, you know, there, there's absolute value to that. It's kind of the meetup of today, right? If you think about the success of meetup and why meetup did so well, it's because people crave connection and people want to meet in real life. And this is a safe way to do that. And because it's audio only, you know, half of the population being women, uh, they are always going to tell you they're a little more concerned for the most part about how they show up on camera mm -hmm. than how a guy does, right? And so you can just show up from anywhere at any time and on your preferred, at this point, you know, iOS only device. But it doesn't matter how you look. All that matters is what comes out of your mouth, right? And so, so it's really interesting. Podcasting will still have its place, uh, I believe, because it is an evergreen medium and it's on demand and anything that you want is available in that moment in time versus Clubhouse. And you can sit there for an hour and not hear anything worthwhile, which, yeah. is, which is a scary proposition. So I think there's, I think there's a balance between the two. Uh, but if you are not aware of forthcoming trends and you're not taking advantage of, you know, as Wayne Gretzky would say, right, where the puck is going, uh, you're being short-sighted. And even as podcasters, we need to be aware uh, of what's going on. Yeah, absolutely agree. One thing that I keep hearing on Clubhouse is that just the happiness level is is off the charts for for a social media platform for just people's feeling across that and, and they just keep relating back to other social platforms where you know regardless of how you try to filter your 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 pattern of of messages you get some form of negativity in there or some form of something that stands out that makes you question your part but here just the realness in the conversation just has people on a level of happiness they haven't felt on other platforms. And it is that fear of missing out, right? So if you, if you stop now, I might miss something that I was waiting to hear, right? Or a question or I get the point, but podcasting has this way too. To, um, this, you know, of course, depending on the format, sometimes the, the best interactions on podcasts is because of the questions that come from the host for the guest, right? And a lot of that miss. So I, I, I wonder if you'll start seeing overlapping. I'm sure you will, even on the interview style that could come in Clubhouse, right? That could really create that engagement. But it is like when you see these um, sit downs, right? Like, um, I know there's a, if a, someone has a live interview, right? And they take questions from the audience that almost encapsulates what you get from Clubhouse, but you're not having to come and show up for anything, get outside your box and you're able to jump in and jump out as you can and just address so many different things that potentially you won't, you didn't even know you were interested in. Yeah. Yeah. And, and look, I mean, obviously you have, uh, again, it's a two-way street, unlike a podcast where you're just a fly on the wall and, and you're listening like our audience right now. I mean, the, the lovely people who are listening in this moment, and thank you for listening in this moment, you're, you're not able to ask, me a question. You're not able to be really a part of this conversation. But hopefully, you know, we're going to cover topics and, and go into conversations that, that are meaningful for you and you want to hear what we're talking about. In Clubhouse, it's, it is, I, I just liken it basically to just a global, uh, sort of like a global radio network. That's really all it is. You're just, you're just tuning into radio shows going on across the globe. I mean, that, that's all it is. So you just tune it to a channel you want to tune into. And sometimes you want to hear what that, you know, what that MC, that DJ and, and, and his or her guests are talking about. Sometimes you want to change the channel. And if you like what they're saying, you can call in 
Yeah. So it just means you raise your hand, you ask the questions. And it's really, it's really no more complicated than that. And I think people are making out to be much more than it is. Um, and frankly, it's really no different than blog talk radio. I mean, if you go back, and I'm not even sure if you're, you're familiar with blog talk radio or not, but you know, if you go back a number of years, that's, that's really all it is. It just happens to be on your, on your mobile device. Would you think that podcasting in terms of, of interactions, there'll be a platform that creates where, because the one thing is it is evergreen, right? You can listen to it where you are, but the one piece that seems to be missing is people look to have that forum where they can, they can talk to other people who are interested or engaged in there. And I guess you could jump off platform, right? You can go into like a Facebook group or a number of different other groups. Um, what has kept podcasting from one hosting site creating that element to it? Well, I mean, if you're talking about sort of the, the live component on the podcast platform itself. You know, I'm not even sure if that would a- a- ever be feasible, right? Because everybody would have to assume be listening at the same time. But I guess they part where the community could come together for the show and talk about the show. Because it seems mm-hmm. that piece where everybody's on their own island, right? We're getting what we get from a yeah. podcast on our own island. Yeah, well, that's where that's where the synergy, I think, really exists between the two platforms is, and you're starting to see this already, there's, there's a lot of early adapters, um, especially podcasters who are jumping in the mix, and, and they're, they're already playing between the two. So um, you go on to Clubhouse potentially as a means with which to, um, it, can, it can work both ways. You can start on Clubhouse, and then you can continue the conversation in your podcast, or you can start with the podcast and then continue the conversation on, on clubhouse. Right. So, I mean, it really can work both ways. And and frankly, um, I think the way that it's going to work best is, is the latter where we sit down, we have a conversation and then, Hey, if you love this conversation, I'm going to be sitting down with Steve on Thursday, March 26th at 10 AM Pacific on clubhouse. Come in, let's ask your questions. We'd love to hear your feedback on the show. Right. So it almost becomes like a, like a two-parter. And, and that I think can work, can work really, really well. Um, and I'd also say, you know, no matter who you are, no matter what your expertise is, you really, 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 really want to start thinking about um, uh, starting your own club because we, we started uh, something called club pod about three weeks ago, something like that. Um, uh, yeah. Because on the 27th of of December, we had a thousand people in it. So yeah, we're, we're right about, actually we're right about a month right now. Um, and as of this morning, we've got uh, over 20,000 members and followers uh, in Club Pod. So what is Club Pod? Well, it's obviously a, a podcast specific club where we talk about podcasts, podcast culture, all things podcasting, sit down with podcasters or Q&A, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so we've grown 20X in a month there and if we continue at that pace, let's just play it out here. I mean, Clubhouse has 2 million members right now, 2 million users, and we're at 20,000 members and followers. I mean, hell, dude, if we can continue at a 1% clip and they, and they get to 100 million users or a half a, half a billion users, et cetera, that's going to be a force to be reckoned with if we open a room and there's 10, 20, 30,000 people in it every time we open it up. I love it. Yeah, we actually just got approved for a club multifamily live. And I think we like there you go. five days ago and we got like 400 members. I was like, whoa, look at that. <laughs> so, you know, just, just like that. It's been fantastic. I absolutely agree. If you're in Clubhouse, 
start groups, start rooms, get in there and look to, to put a club together. Because if you are looking to serve, it's the best way to get your community together. And Steve, I know you have a hard stop here. So appreciate your time. Um, one last question what, from your $50 million in development, what was the, the best lesson you've used going forward from it? Oh, Jesus, man. I, um, I'd like to say that uh, all of it's been, you know, just peaches and cream. But I started developing in uh, in 2000. And so uh, actually, the first deal I did was in 98, which was a four unit uh, apartment building that we actually lived in one of the units. And the reason why I got into real estate development is because um, we were we had a four unit uh, building, our unit was 1400 square feet it was a three bedroom, one bath unit, we were renting out the other three units. And we had a four car garage in the back renting that out. Uh, and we were making money every month. So I was like, well, this is kind of cool. And so um, that was the first deal that I did. And then over time, um, boy, you name it, residential uh, rentals, residential condominiums, office, um, commercial mixed use, all sorts of different projects. Um, and unfortunately, like many people, uh, I ended up getting caught up in, in that crash of 06, 07, 08, uh, and just pains me, but we had to give several really great properties back to the bank. Um, I had uh, some really bad representation on one property and actually got sued by the lender. So, I mean, God, I guess the, what I, what I learned more than anything else is that number one, um, it's, it's really a game of, of financing and it's a game of buying at the right uh, price, but even the wrong price can be the right price with the right financing and the right deal structure. Yeah. So um, as long as there's upside, as long as you can, um, you know, you can see the writing on the wall in terms of where things are going, buying and holding is, is the, the best thing you can do. I've sold properties. I should have just figured out how to keep. I've lost properties. I should have figured out how to keep. Um, the most recent project that we did was 144,000 square foot uh, concrete warehouse loft building in Chicago that we converted into 68 residential rental units, lofts, and uh, 68 indoor parking spaces, about 3,000 feet of commercial. Um, you know, for that one, we lined up a HUD loan, which at the time was just crazy cheap at 2.8% or whatever it was. Yep. Um, and that's what really made the difference, you know, in terms of that being a profitable building. We'll end up selling it this year because I'm having a, a bit of an issue with uh, with my partner there. Uh, but the, the long story short is I believe that the game of, of real estate more than anything else is, is buying, holding, refinancing, and cashing out on a tax-free basis. Um, and those who are looking to own properties outright and, and those sort of things, um, I think that's actually, um, I think it's a little bit of a misconception in terms of the strategy around real estate and so far as really how to benefit from all of the things that, that owning real estate can offer to you. So I would just caution you on, uh, of course, you don't want to be too leveraged, um, but at the same token, using leverage in real estate is just plain smart. I love it. Steve, you've been successful in so many different spaces. I'll continue to follow you. I'll come over, get in the club, join you guys. Oh, over. Exactly. Thank you so much, Steve. Super appreciate your time. Have a great day. Want to learn exactly how we're finding high profit, cash flow ready multifamily properties off market? 
Want to find out how to run lightning fast syndications to raise all the capital you need for your next multi-million dollar deal? In just a few days, we are breaking down our entire process step by step at a three day event happening June 10th through the 12th called, you guessed it, Multifamily Live. We've done events before, but nothing this massive or this valuable. And for the first time ever, we're going to open the doors and walk you guys through literally every step of what we're doing on our multifamily deals. This is a virtual event, so you don't have to travel or even leave your couch, but spots are limited. Sign up at multifamilyliveevent.com and we'll see you there.